Thank you for downloading this podcast from Emmanuel Church Lurgan. At Emmanuel, our vision is to help rewrite the story of Craigavon, Ireland and the nations with the good news of the Kingdom of God. We hope you enjoy listening to this message. Good morning, everyone. It's good to be back in your homes again. Um, Although I have to admit I am missing all the hugs and handshakes, um, uh, it, it, is, it is good to connect again at least. It's, it's difficult to get used to looking at screens and talking to people over Zoom and FaceTime and all of that and sometimes just hearing voices instead of seeing faces and that's difficult for us. I had to give uh, my grandkids a virtual hug this week from the road to their inside their window. So um, these are difficult times we're living in, but it's not just affecting us, it's affecting the whole world, um, which is a, a, an incredible um, thing that the whole world is being affected by this coronavirus. And um, last week we chatted about three words. We looked at the words um, Live, love, and look. We done that out of Jeremiah 29, 11, a pretty well-known verse. And so this week I want to extend my vocabulary and leave you with three phrases um, instead of just three words. I hope um, your homeschooling went well this week. I hope that your kids are all still intact. And of course, that you are intact as well. Um, uh, we, uh, we know this is a, a pretty onsure time we're living in, so we really appreciate you giving to us. We really appreciate even financially helping us at this time, helping us to help you. Um, we appreciate that so much. And I, again, I say, as I said last week, our staff have been so incredible just producing stuff and working hard. Um, um, I think this week, even we were chatting at some stages, feeling that we'd worked harder um, in the last couple of weeks than we've ever worked trying to, to rethink just how to do church because we can't work out of memory. We have to work out of a fresh imagination. And so I've done this for a long, long time. But memory is of no value at the moment. It's a fresh imagination. I want to read a passage of Scripture from Luke chapter 8. Luke chapter 8, reading from 26 to 38. Um, if you've got a Bible, you can look it up or look it up on your phone. It'll be on the screen. Um, it says they sailed to the region of the Gerasenes, which is across the lake from Galilee. And uh, when Jesus stepped ashore, he was met by a demon-possessed man from the town. For a long time, this man had not worn clothes or lived in a house, but had lived in tombs. And when he saw Jesus, he cried out and fell at his feet, shouting at the top of his voice, what do you want with me, Jesus, son of the most high God? I beg you, don't torture me. For Jesus had commanded the impure spirit to come out of the man. Many times it had seized him, and though he was chained hand and foot and kept under guard, he had broken his chains and had been driven by the demon into solitary places. Jesus asked him, what is your name? Interesting. Legion, he replied, because many demons had gone into him, and they begged Jesus repeatedly not to order them to go into the abyss. A large herd of pigs was feeding there on the hillside, and the demons begged Jesus to let them go into the pigs, and he gave them permission. When the demons came out of the man, they went into the pigs, and the herd rushed down the steep bank into the lake and were drowned. 
When those tending the pigs saw what happened, they ran off and reported this in the town and countryside, and the people went out to see what had happened. They came to Jesus. They found the man from whom the demons had gone out of, sitting at Jesus' feet, dressed and in his right mind, and it says they were afraid. I always find this kind of funny. He, um, this guy runs about the cemetery all night, naked, cutting himself with stones, and they seem to accept that. And when they find him dressed and in his right mind, they were afraid. Um, those who had seen it told the people how the demon-possessed man had been cured. Then all the people of the region of the Gerizines asked Jesus to leave them because they were overcome with fear. Interesting, isn't it? That when they got overcome with fear, they actually asked Jesus to leave. <laughs> um, so he gets into the boat and he left. He did exactly what they wanted. The man from whom the demons had gone out begged to go with him, but Jesus sent him away saying, return home, tell how much God has done for you. So the man went away and told all over the town how much Jesus had done for him. Let's just pray. God, I asked you that you would seal your word to us today. We pray, God, as we open this passage, as we make a few comments on it, Lord, that you would just help us to glean from it. Lord, let, let us handle it with care and um, teach it with conviction, and pray, God, it will minister in the lives and in the homes today, in Jesus' name. Amen. In our text, we hear about a demon-possessed man. No one wants to know him. He's confined to himself to live in a cemetery, to live in a graveyard. Um, I'm sure he has had many failed relationships, um, but most certainly he was somebody's son. Maybe even a brother or a husband or a dad or a friend. We're not told the circumstances, and it would be folly to assume, but needless to say, something somewhere in his sphere of society had gone desperately wrong. And uh, last year, I had the enormous privilege to sit in a boat, and we motored out into the middle of the Sea of Galilee on a Sunday morning, and then the owner of the boat stalled the engines, and we got just to sit on the with nothing but the wind, I was reminded of the disciples because they wouldn't have had outboard motors or anything. And, and there we were in the middle of the Sea of Galilee um, with nothing but the air and the sun. And I looked over and got the guide to show me where this area was. And there it was, this, this slopey um, hill running down into the sea as the Sea of Galilee is set uh, amidst hills. And, um, and so it's quite interesting because um, uh, the Gerizim district was on the sort of eastern shore of Galilee, and um, I, I imagine this is where this man watched Jesus at work. Now, if you were to read the context, which we did last week, because it's always good to read Scripture in context, and if you were to read this in the context, this story, and you were just to go back eight or ten verses, you would find Jesus asleep in a boat, and um, there's a storm. And of course, the disciples waken him up, and, and, and Jesus gets up in the boat, and he, and he commands the winds and the waves to cease. That's the story just prior to what we read today. If you read 22 to 25 in the same chapter, you'd pick that up. Now, when Jesus commands the winds and the waves to stall and to calm, um, the Greek and rendering of that word is like speaking to a mad dog. 
He's like speaking to a mad dog. It's like, be quiet, calm down. And it says, immediately the winds and the waves obeyed him. And they said, what manner of man is this that even the winds and waves um, would obey him? And then it says, then it says, as soon as the boat arrived on the other side of the shore, so as soon as the boat that Jesus was sailing in landed, this man runs to Jesus, the only one who he knew that maybe just could meet his need. And in the context, I don't think it's a coincidence that Jesus had just calmed a storm on, uh, as this man on the hillside maybe has watched and, and thinks, could he calm the storm in me? Could this man who calmed the storm with a, with a shout and with a command, could he actually do something in me that no other human has ever been able to do? And so it has been, it had been tried in many ways. We read that in the story, but to no avail. And I've no time, really, I haven't enough time to unpack all the story this morning, nor do I want to. But there's an interesting twist in the story that I want to pull out this morning, all right? It tells us, after this mighty deliverance, that the man begged Jesus to follow him. But Jesus said, no, return home and tell how much God has done for you. Now, this man, there's no doubt there was many broken relationships in his life, a lot of stuff to sort out at home before he delved into ministry. So here's my first point. We've all been sent home. The world has been sent home. The world has been sent home. I watched in the news two or three nights ago where 1.3 billion people now in India have been sent home. 1.3 billion people. So, uh, and I have to admit, in the midst of all that's going on with this coronavirus and all of that, I've been thinking a lot about home. Not because I live there, not because I, I, I enjoy home, not because I'm working from there now, um, but I've been thinking of the value of it. Have you ever said this little phrase, or at least I'm sure you've heard it said, there's no place like home. Ever, ever said that? And I often say home is the place where you can wear your worst and be loved the best. You wear stuff at home that you'd never wear out and, and you feel like, you, you just feel valued even at that because there's something about home. And our maniac, because that's what the story calls him, that's what the Bible calls him, he needed to go home and sort out some stuff. And I think Jesus is saying to him, don't worry about your ministry at the moment, figure out your home. Don't worry about your ministry at the moment, figure out your home. Now, this man has lived in captivity to a demonic presence for years, and now he's been set free, and the first thing Jesus says is, sort out home, sort out home. Now, the world might be slowing down, it might be, and it is, but I believe the glory of God is rising up. And I believe with all my heart that he wants it to start in your home and he wants it to start in my home. Let God arise. Let his glory arise in our homes. God is up to something bigger than any of us can imagine. And remember, last week we discovered he's got a plan out of Jeremiah 29, 11. He's got a plan and a purpose for us. And it's good. It's good. It's for our future. Now, this is a time, I think, for some home improvements. Some of you wives will be glad to hear that but, um, because you know that there's a room or a bathroom or something that needs redecorating, but you know that's not what I'm talking about. 
God doesn't have, God doesn't have us all shut up in our homes for nothing, does he? Um, and uh, maybe, maybe it's your, or my self-centeredness he's trying to deal with. Maybe, maybe it's the marriage that's just getting by. Maybe it's an addiction to, 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 to porn or, or, or to drugs or to alcohol or just to Netflix. Um, maybe it's a bit of our soul deconstruction and reconstruction. Maybe it's to the loneliness of the person who's living alone that Jesus is saying, it's not true. I've been there all the time. You've just never given me any time. All of these things. There is no place like home because if we can get it right there, everything else flows out of our home. The problem is, sadly, many of us end up like King David. What a, what a man. He's called a man after God's own heart. He has an army like none other in the world. He has wives to die for. But when you, when you get a little glimpse into his home, you just see carnage. You see incest and rape and murder. You see jealousy. And it looks like David, being the powerful king he was, his parent skills left a lot to be desired. And here's the thing. In a world of panic and fear at the moment, God has drawn a big circle right around where he wants to work at the moment, and it's in our home. It's in our home. And, uh, and I want to repeat, be careful you don't miss it. Be careful you don't miss it. In order for all this to work out, the, the maniac in our story, Jesus had to actually ask him a question. Jesus had to say, what is your name? I find that interesting, right? First point, we've all been sent home. Let's be careful we don't miss what God's doing. Second point, Use this time to find out your true identity. Use this time to find out your true identity. You say, now, come on, Phil. Of course I know how I am, do you? I'm 61. I've been a believer 55 of those years. And I've realized more in the last two weeks about my identity, how much was wrapped up in a church building and a platform. And I thought I was pretty secure in my identity. While this boy in today's text was being controlled by a demon, maybe we've been just been controlled by a habit. Maybe we've been controlled by an attitude or, or by a mobile phone, or maybe it's just busyness. Our identity gets wrapped up in all the wrong places. And, and when Jesus asked this question, what is your name? Can I say to you, at this time of life and in this season of being confined to your home, Try and figure out your true identity. That's what this man needed to do. You ask someone how they're doing, and you know the reply, well, I'm up, to, I'm up to my eyes, or I'm so busy. Well, maybe that's your name. Maybe your name's just busyness, or an uncontrollable habit, or, or debt. And, and, and do you really want Jesus to help you at this time? Do you really want, because if, if we're all honest, most of us aren't fully content with our lifestyles the way they were prior to what just happened. I think it may be easy for us just to get used to things that we were never supposed to get used to. Maybe you've just got comfortable. And uh, 
I think even some of us have got comfortable with fear. You see, fear is actually easier to have than faith because faith is actually believing for something you can't see. To have fear, you just need to do nothing. You just need to um, really stress and flap. And that's where fear comes in. So number one, we've all been sent home. So let's not mess with God's doing. Number two, why don't we use this time to sort out our true identity? And number three, make sure nothing gets in your way. Make sure nothing gets in your way. In the story we read about this poor man that says though he was chained hand and foot and kept under guard, he had broken his chains and been driven by the demons into solitary places. Oh, he had tried to get free. I'm sure he didn't want to live like this. He had broken the chains many times, but he just ended up in solitary places because he was looking in all the wrong places for his freedom. We're, we're not told how many years, but we're, we're told it was a long time. And every time he had tried, he had tried using the wrong sources. Things and people just chained him up and tried to control him. And every time he tried to sort it out himself, the Bible tells us he ended up in a solitary place. In John 5, there's a, a great story that I was thinking about um, earlier uh, in the week. And uh, uh, it tells of a man who lay at a pool for 38 years. This man was unable to move. He was a he was he 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 lay on his bed by the side of this pool, and there was a myth. It was the pool of Bethsaida, and in, in, the, in the pool there was a myth that an angel would come down once a year, would trouble the waters, and the first one in got healed. But here's the thing that happened: um, Jesus arrives on the scene, and to this man who has lain for 38 years, he asks the question: "What would you like me to do for you, or would you like me to heal you?" What a question! You sort of think, of course I'd like you to heal me. Here, here's the man's reply. Of course I want to be healed. I'm, I'm, I'm preempted a little bit. But he says this. His reply was, I have no one. Every time I try, someone gets there before me. Every time I try, I'm, on, I'm trying to move and I'm trying to move and somebody just beats me to it. Somebody just gets in the way. Somebody stops me from getting to what I really want. I'm known talking to people this morning, and every time you've tried to do something, something or somebody has got in your way. You would say, I don't like where I am. I don't like who I've become. But every time I try to sort this, something just gets in my way. Every time I try to help myself, it fails, and I end up back in a solitary place, and I have no one. To you, Jesus says this morning, not anymore, not anymore. You've got me, you've got me. Now, as we bring this into land, this is not a time for excuses. This is a time for repentance. And that's all Jesus needs today. He just needs an invitation into your life. And he will deliver you. He will set you free. That's what he's good at. That's his expertise. He will set you free. Can, can I say this? Stop trying to hold it together yourself. Stop trying to, to hold it together yourself. You'll never do it. Hand it all over to him today. Give him control. Sound the alarm. Call upon Jesus. All who call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. God has allowed the world to slow down. He sent us all home. Be careful not to miss it. 
be sure to make, be sure to find your true identity in this time. It's like, it sort of feels to me like God's given us a second chance. It's like how the devil means these things for evil. Genesis 50 tells us this, but God actually turns them and brings them for good. That's what God does. And he's given us a second chance, given us a second chance to sort our homes out, to find out our true identity, and to make sure nothing gets in our way. I, I believe with all of my heart that God is going to do something in the church like we have never seen before. We have no rule book to go by. This is, I, I, I sense that God is about to do something in the church that is beyond what Ephesians 3.20 says. It's exceedingly abundantly above all that we can ask or think. And we need to get ourselves ready for a church. So, if you don't know Jesus, Christ is your Lord and Savior, and you're watching with us this morning or even later on um, at some other time, can I, can I appeal to you in the midst of this crisis, in the midst of what's going on, would you look to Jesus? The Bible calls him the author and the finisher of our faith. Look to Jesus. He's in control. He's not out of control. He's got us all in his hands. And so we've got to look to him. And so if you'd bow your heads with me right now as we finish I'd love to pray a prayer with you. And if you don't know the Lord Jesus, or even if you do, and you want to rededicate your life to him this morning, would you pray this prayer with me right now? Let's pray. Lord Jesus, for too long I've kept you out of my life. I know that I am a sinner and that I cannot save myself. No longer will I close the door when I hear you knocking. By faith, I gratefully receive your gift of salvation and I'm ready to trust you as my Lord and Savior. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you for coming to the earth. I believe that you are the Son of God who died on the cross for my sins and rose again from the dead on the third day. Thank you for bearing my sins and giving me the gift of eternal life. I believe your words are true. Would you come into my heart today and fill me with your Holy Spirit in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. You know, if you prayed that prayer for the first time and prayed it with a sincere and open heart, you've just given your life to Jesus. You've secured your destiny in heaven. You've allowed him in to take control of your life. And if you've done that, we would love you to let us know. You can let us know even through our website, through info at Emmanuel church.co.uk and it's just something about understanding we'd love to help you we have discipleship resources that could help you in your journey and we've worked hard to do that even online as well now as you Dave said earlier tomorrow morning at um, 8 30 I'm kicking off with a little Facebook live and the reason for that is just to pull you into the scriptures at this time there's something about the Bible there's something about the word of God that brings light the, the psalm says it's a, it's, a lamp to our, it's a light to our feet, a lamp to our feet, and a light to our path. And so there's something about getting into the Scripture, and that's the reason for doing this. I've done some devotionals. We're going to be going through the book of Matthew in just a short time, 10 minutes or so, just to give you a few, few thoughts. And Matthew 1, we'll take a, a chapter a morning. We'll go through that and just to pray together. So the Lord bless you, and the Lord keep you, and cause his face to shine upon you. In Jesus' name, amen. We hope you enjoyed listening to this podcast. For more information about our church and all that we do, please visit our website at emmanuel-church.co.uk.